Hello and welcome to Thrones of Game, the Games of Thrones podcast where we watch the show backwards. I'm BT Calloway, your host. I've watched the show from the beginning. Joining me is Elliot J. O'Neill, who's only ever watched the show in reverse order. How are you doing, Elliot? I'm doing There's well. no time for that. A fast podcast is a good podcast. Let's get into this. We just watched Season 8, Episode 4, The Last of the Starks. Elliot, what happened? All right, so this is another thing like the finale episode, the first episode that I watched, mm-hmm. where this feels very aftermathy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is like all the rubble and all the aftermath, as you said. And, yeah. Uh, what could have happened? Hmm. Yeah, so once again, it feels like we got here from another fucking battle. Yep. Um, I, from all I can determine from all the, you know, camera angles on a lot of dead people is that this, this was a race war. This was a <laughs> war against all the orange-haired people in Westeros. Interesting, interesting. Um, I, I might have missed a bunch of other people that they pulled focus on, but I just noticed that every person they pulled focus on just happened to have orange hair. Interesting. No, I mean, you're not wrong. Well, actually, no, you are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> they pull on Jorah Mamont, who I think is, like, kind of reddish uh, they pull on one eye guy I've forgotten the name of, mm. um, but then they also draw. Oh, because um... I had a name for that uh, uh, called the Ginger Snap. <laughs> nice. Uh, the, look at Theon Greyjoy. He's he's kind of a reddish hairish. I know I'm not great with colors. <laughs> uh, and... It's it's okay. I don't think this show is either. It's fucking washed in like there... really muted colors. I gotta say. Yeah, very. It's a very depressing looking, visually depressing. That yeah. I suppose you know aftermath and all that. They washed it all out. All right. Ah, oh, man. Um, just a couple of things I did want to notice. Interesting thing on this is watching it backwards. I'm picking up on so much more stuff. It's really interesting. Yeah, there's gonna be a lot of uh, interesting ways of noticing like the foreshadowing. Like, yeah. there's a way that you can say that like we're really clever. Uh, we see how they led to it there. But it's like, were you noticing this shit going forward in forwards? Well, I mean, pertaining especially to the last episode where shit just gets wrecked, there's a lot of foreshadowing in this one. They were actually really building to it, which was interesting. Yeah, at several points, characters say, well, we don't want the city to be burned in ruins now by a dragon, do we? No, I mean, who would possibly want that? Surely that's not going to happen. You don't want to hear people screaming, especially children. Yeah, but we've got a great little scene between John and Daenerys where she's all like, you know, you have to not tell anyone. It's like, I have to tell someone. I have to tell my sisters. And she's like... You know, he's all, we can find a way to survive. And she's all, we can. I just told you. Mm. There's a great heavy music cue where they kind of focus on her in the beer hall and everyone's celebrating, but they're kind of ignoring her. It's it's really effective. Very like, if you knew, if you had any suspicion this was going to be the villain, that would be the moment you go, villain. Yeah, well, this was another interesting thing because, like, from the last episode, I could have even assumed that uh, Seesaw, Cersei Lannister, yeah. uh, was actually maybe even innocent. And she, uh, like, she's, because she's very sympathetic in uh, the Bells, where yeah, you just you feel like she's lost com- grip of everything, and it's it's. Uh, I think that the way they humanized her in that is really good. Yeah, but in this one, they really sell her villainy with not much but a couple of cunty stares, like, uh, uh, and uh, I mean, of course, an an execution at the end as well. Um, That certainly helps. (laughs) But also, I didn't really have the context for what the fuck um, Jan Brady was talking about, so I I should call her Dan Brady, shouldn't I? Because Daenerys, right? I mean, yeah, that works. Yeah, yeah, okay, done. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> nice, nice. Evolution of the nickname. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Dan Brady. Like, I didn't have a lot of context for what the fuck she 
was talking about. But again, this episode sold it with a lot of cunty stares. So the previous episode where like she just sort of spazzed out out of nowhere, yeah. sort of yeah, this one sort of gave me actually a little bit more context for that. And I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah. It's like I said, what's really interesting about watching this backwards, especially uh, there's a great moment where Gendry Baratheon is like walking around. She's like, hey, you're the son of the king, and he's like, yeah, illegitimately. It's like your family kind of murdered mine and kicked us out. And watching it backwards, this is intense as hell. You're like. Oh shit! Yeah, I mean, I know she doesn't, but you would be like, ah. "Wait, so had I met him yet?" Uh, Gendry, no, he stays in Winterfell, and everything from this point on that we've seen so far takes place in King's Landing. Right, so yeah, he didn't appear in the f- final two episodes. He's in that he's sitting with all those people when they're sitting there listening to Tyrion, and they choose Bran or Bran as oh, the right. new king. Yeah, uh, yep. he's there, but he's not been featured at all. Well, yeah, I mean, speaking of Aubran as well, who keeps getting referred to as Bran the Broken, yep. you know, uh, uh, Callus Face calls him th- a twat, and he and Gendry himself calls himself a bastard, but no, he gets a cool nickname. <laughs> he, he's the fucking Lord of Storm's End. Jesus I know, Christ. I know, I wrote that down as well. Storm's End is a dope name. He could have easily been Gendrick the Bastard or Gendrick the Twat, but no, fucking Lord of Storm's End. Pretty yeah. badass. This sounds very much like a good heavy metal band you want to listen to <laughs> while like driving really fast on the freeway. <laughs> we are the Lords of Storm's End! Wow! Yeah, Mine's want... a baritone voice. I can't do power metal. I'd listen to them. <laughs> <laughs> I can do, like, uh, who's that actor who did, like, weird heavy metal records? Oh, like, um, shit, I know who you mean exactly. Um, God damn it. Christopher Lee? Christopher Lee, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've come to the land of the Saxon, man. Look it up, <laughs> it's amazing. Christopher Lee has the, like, coolest life of anyone in history. Honestly, for Game of Thrones fans, this is probably, like, within the circle of interest as well. Yeah, Christopher I mean, Lee music and acting career. Yeah, if you, and especially pre-career, because he was a soul, he was, like, a Secret Service agent in World War One, or two, World War One and Two, I think. There's, no, true story. Apparently, when they're recording, uh, when they're filming Lord of the Rings, uh, they have this scene where some guy gets stabbed in the back and uh, Christopher Lee walks up to Peter Jackson, the director, and goes, you know the sound he makes when he gets stabbed? That's not the sound a man makes when you stab him in the back. I know. <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah, he was a badass and then became an actor and then released a heavy metal because, you know, he's just awesome. Awesome. Yeah, amazing life. <laughs> so metal. <laughs> oh, man. So good. And he was Dracula and just so many other things. Yeah. Seriously, he also, was also Dracula. Um, let's see. Okay, uh, what was like an iconic moment that stood out to you? I think this episode was going for iconic moments, and especially with the dragon's death, which unfortunately, yeah, for me, lacked the impact you know, by virtue of yeah, just watching the Yeah, I figured you were like, well, there are two dragons, and there's not after this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um... So, yeah, I, I felt like the dragon's death was a little unceremonious. and yeah, I was Welcome tr- to Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> unceremonious death. Um, it, uh, I, I mean, getting it shot out of the sky, it just sort of lacked impact. And even like when it hit the water, I thought there might be like, it'd send some a giant wake for the boats, you know? Yeah, I'm also going to partially blame that on Foxtel because their compression on this episode really cut some of the sound out. Like, there needs to be, there was definitely when I listened to it, um, before previously on yeah. through headphones and something with the smaller screen it was a much bigger sound and through this it was just and there was also some lag at the beginning and it's like god damn it foxtail get your shit together yeah i'll, I'll give some uh leeway as well to my tv at the sonic which <laughs> it, it does have bad tracking with uh streaming 
stuff. All right, you get enough light this time, Foxtel. But no, I, I still think it looked like a burnt fire. We may as well have <laughs> gotten it, acquired it through some sort of bay. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> uh, so, and the boat battle as well, I thought it looked terrible. Like, I thought some of the breakaway moments looked so fake. Yeah, I actually only kind of only noticed that on this watch as well. Maybe the higher resolution screen, um, again, compared to my laptop. But yeah, just sort of just, yeah, it didn't, it looked like styrofoam breaking in yeah. points rather than having that impact. And I also kind of want to blame that on the sound because if there's the sound of a big crack, then you're going to buy it a lot more. Yeah. But uh, maybe that's us. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it could be. I've only got a cheap sound bar as well to go with my cheap TV, but like. I've never really had complaints before. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah. Like. And, I mean, albeit it's still a television show, it's not a movie, it's the length of a movie, but it's still a television show, but... It's also got, like, the most budget behind it and everything else. They, they threw a lot behind Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, Except for episode numbers. Blah. <laughs> so, yeah, Luke, as far as iconic moments, um, I felt like this episode was going for, like, those big set pieces but weren't quite landing them. Mm-hmm. I mean... Even the execution, I thought, sort of lacked impact. And maybe it was just trying to be tasteful with the blurriness and whatever, but... Fuck tasteful. We're not here for tasteful. Mm. Uh, my personal <laughs> moment, um, there's a few within this one, but I'm going to focus on one. Uh, Sansa in this episode kind of rocks. Um, she just has that really good kind of standoff with uh, Dan, uh, Dan Brady in, <laughs> in the war room, where they're not really saying fuck you, but they're saying fuck you with the subtext. I like that. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> also, uh, Tormund Giantsbane also rocks in this. He's the uh, beardy redhead dude who just oh. has all the good jokes. <laughs> I, I wrote him down as everybody's uncle. <laughs> he he's, he yeah, seems very uncle Yeah, everybody's uncle who never got married then moved to Las Vegas and comes back every now with some amazingly <laughs> yeah. cool stories. Yeah, that's exactly who he is. And then gets way too drunk and they go, which one of you shit my pants? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. He has the best yeah. lines in this. No, I, I absolutely loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was great. Um, so, uh, what'd you say, uh, uh, uh Genji? <laughs> What's uh, her name? Sansa. Sansa. Um, is that, that was fucking Jean Grey, right? What? Yeah. Soon to be Jean Grey. Yeah, well. Sophie Turner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was in that shit, oh, last yeah. shitty X-Men movie. And yeah. Will I'm, be again I, in the next. I am right. not optimistic for the Dark Phoenix. Oh, God, no. <laughs> like, it's a good plot line and they've got a good cast, but they're just, they've rushed into this so heavily. Oh, yeah. Like. I was so fucking stoked on First Class and Days of Future Past. I I just don't know what happened. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah anyway. Um, so she's Jean Grey for me now. Okay, cool. No, no, fair. Jean Grey. That's what she is. Nicknamed Locked In. Uh, my, I have a new question here as well. Uh, MVP. Either a acting moment or a character moment that you was like, yeah, that sold me. Because I'll go first if you like. I'm going to give it to Brienne of Tarth, the tall blonde woman who has a heart broken by Jamie Lannister, and oh my god, it hurts. Oh, <laughs> man, can she ugly cry or what? Oh, Fuck. But even then, before when they're having the drinking game and she was all, I don't drink, and then later on she's getting into it and having fun. I was like, nicely done, actress, you are good at this. I hope we see you in more stuff. I don't know your name. <laughs> uh, so what was her character's name again? Brienne of Tarth. Brienne of Tarth. All right. I wrote her down as Tilda Swanson because <laughs> she kind of has like the eyebrowless look of Tilda oh, Swinton. That's beautiful. But she's got like the toughness of a Swanson. No, 100%. That's beautiful, man. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely <Yeah>. done. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Again, I, I'm just... Uh, 
I'm joyous to give you context for every time I burst out laughing in this episode. Hey, there are a few, especially one when uh, Euron Greyjoy, uh, so, sorry, Seesaw Lannister is all like, and we'll bring our son, to the uh, child, into yeah. the future. <laughs> and Euron Greyjoy gives the maester this look. <laughs> now, for me, who has context, I know the maester is like a medical professional who's confirming that, yes, she's pregnant. But you were just like, oh. But no, for you, it was just this moment of, Nice one, bro. Yeah, yeah bro. Exactly. <laughs> I wrote down, you're on Greyjoy fist bump. Yeah, I wrote it down as, yeah, that's Cersei's wingman, obviously. Because <laughs> I thought, yeah, because, again, I didn't know this is, had already happened, but it's like, you're gonna fuck. So I thought this was like a promise to have a child together. No. Um, with the dude that looked like Kano from the latest yeah. Mortal Kombat game. Yeah, he's kind of a fun but also terrible villain. <laughs> Is, so he was the one that was having the fight with Jamie before. Yeah, he's the one gets shanked on the beach, and there's like, I'm the man who killed Jamie fucking Lannister. Yeah. Uh, before as in after. Yeah, yeah. before <laughs> as in after. Get used to it, audience. <laughs> All right, uh, next question, nudity. Oh, so sorry. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, sorry. Uh, what was the... MVP? Uh, MVP. Yeah, fucking Uncle Ruled. Uh, Peter Dinklage was carrying a lot of this episode. Like I, I think my favorite scene out of all of it was the um the big bar scene at the start. So yeah. through that, yeah, I, I I mean MVP of the whole thing. I'm just gonna say by default was Dinklage because he was doing a lot of heavy lifting. He is, especially this entire last season. So well done, Dinklebot. And I just love the way he says any word that uh, you know rhymes with stone or don't or has that o sound you go stone or don't <laughs> a yeah, very very kind of over british annunciation yeah <laughs> yeah interesting anyway well i'm gonna see that like see if he does that in other things now mm. my next question nudity oh man we were so close to seeing female <laughs> presenting nipples but we saw male i mean which is still somewhat nudity <laughs> yeah someone out there was like yeah jamie Lannister. yeah so well done you yeah, Person? look, I'm just, I'm just ha happy for Tilda Swanson that she <laughs> broke her cherry on, on a Lannister. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, Tom and Giants Bane didn't get any, but then some other chick is like, why not? And he's like, yeah. awesome! <laughs> <laughs> Which was just a great scene. And also, just for fans out there, in the background, I'm pretty sure I saw Podrick walking off with two women. So once again, Podrick fucks like a champ. Yeah. I, I, I loved how that, yeah, the big bar drinking scene and... Uh, then you see Arya, you know, because everything's sort of descending into debauchery. You know, people yeah, are yeah. starting to hook up. But she just wanted to celebrate <laughs> with some debauchery. Oh, zing. Yes. <laughs> I love yeah. an outlet for my dumb puns. I actually really love that little scene where Gendry's like, I've just been made a lord. Holy shit, I don't know how to do that. Do you want to, like, yeah, happily ever after? And she's like, no, sweetie, but thanks. <laughs> I am not a lady. Yeah. yeah. Ah, it's a good scene. And I think it's well-motivated and stuff. So yeah. yeah. Again, didn't have a lot of context for what she was saying, but that scene on horseback with her and Callus' face was uh, kind of nice. Yeah. I don't know. They're kind of like, oh, we're doing... They were the, the buddy cop movie where they don't like each other still, but they get along. But damn it, we get results. Oh, okay. Almost. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. All right. Later on in seasons, there are like what I call just outright buddy cop movies. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next question. Violence. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, mentioned, yeah, the, uh, the execution before of the other black person in Westeros. <laughs> Misandre, yeah. Yeah. So this was interesting because in the previous <coughs> podcast, I didn't have context for, um, what's his name? Who? Uh, Greyjoy, uh, Grey Worm. 
Grey Worm. Yep. I didn't have context. The for only his... black man in Westeros. Yep. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, I didn't have context for his anger, and I thought his actions were unjustified, and I was disappointed that he didn't get any comeuppance at the end. Mm-hmm. And so this was it, I yes. guess. Yes. Yeah. And they, again, they do this very subtly. It's just with a look and a handhold, but you get a lot of information. It's well done. Mm. It's nice little reminder, like, hey, remember this was a thing? Well, shink. Ah, not anymore. <laughs> Yep. But most importantly, and I didn't, I completely forgot this happened, uh, you know, Cecil Lannister is all like, any last words? And she just says Draconis, or Dracarus, which is uh, the dragon command for breathe fire on shit. Oh. So she's saying to Daenerys, fuck these people up, yo. And then she does. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Again, it, there was a lot more building to that than I realized. Yeah. Yeah, not much else in terms of violence in this. I guess we do have the ship getting blown to bits with crossbows, which I don't think that's how crossbows work, but whatever. But then I'm like, hang on, do we have even seen cannons in this show before? So I don't think we have. So fair enough, they would have got one completely blindsided by something like that. Yeah, uh, I found that the crossbow scene as well just sort of poorly uh, directed, maybe uh, poorly planned out like yeah the geography of that was not clear yeah uh, i was thinking that watching the series again and also there just should have been like it's a, it's a I, I, I don't know if it's a dumb me pointing it out but there should have been a captain telling everybody to reload and point at things like i thought yeah the captain of those ships should have been giving directions and yeah and also, why was denarius fucking heading straight into it with the drag anyway yeah well i mean the kind of problem here is three shots take a dragon down and they're the only three shots and then later on an entire like wall full of these what are called scorpion crossbows cannot like hit one and if the implication was the first volley just blindsided them and they didn't see it coming but they're actually pretty ineffective that would be fine yeah but the fact that three shots and three hits you know if it had been a full volley of these things that blindsided them and then they were just never that effective again because they never got the uh element of surprise that would have made more sense um yeah but, yeah, that's sort of what I meant about the dragon's yeah, death yeah. being a, feeling a little unceremonious, is that this is a big fucking dragon, and the other dragon had a fucking hole in its wing. That like, was the one with the hole in its wing, I'm pretty sure. Well, he should have been made of tougher stuff, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Toughen up, dragons, you little fucking snowflakes. <laughs> oh, man. All right, well, heard. I'm pretty close to out of notes here. Um, a couple of things I do want to throw to. So when, during the whole burning funeral pyre thing, John says they were the shields that guarded the realms of men. Again, this is a throw to the oath of the Night's Watch and a throw to what Tyrion says to him before he shanks Danny in the heart. Ah. Uh. Yes. Um, and Gilly is still the worst actor in the show. Who was so that? That was um, Sam's wi- uh, de facto wife, the Prego girl. Oh, yeah. She's not... She's not. <coughs> Sorry, she's not bad in this one, but even then, she's got like one line. Like that's, that's a pretty weak line. I was about to say as well, like, because I pointed out that Sam just just didn't look like he belonged in Game of Thrones. Like he was a different actor who was like acting in a uh, yeah. s- in a Judd Apatow movie who they just wanted from a different set. <laughs> yeah, fully. And <sighs> I gotta say, it's like the thing where sometimes the uh, your partner kind of looks a bit like you. <laughs> she similarly looks like she wandered from a different set. <laughs> yeah, could be, could be. And I just I was laughing because. 
like when Jon Snow hugs her and he feels the baby bump, and she, I just wanted her to go, yes, that's right, I ate a whole pot roast. <laughs> and then there's a laugh track. Yeah. Game of Thrones. Because, yeah, she wanted from a different set. That's what I was expecting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think my last note here is um, they still have L-shaped blankets in Westeros. So when Brienne ah. of Tarth wakes up when Jamie leaves, there's no boobs, which is okay, fine, there's a no nudity clause in her contract, fine, whatever. Mm. But it's just funny that, yeah, the L-shaped blanket exists even in this universe. Yep. Yeah, we didn't talk about Bronn. He's cool. Bronn <laughs> also rocks. He's the guy with the crossbow who's all like, uh, hey, what's better than this castle? This bigger castle? Fuck yeah, I'll take that. Yeah. So do we see him again? Uh, did we see him again? Uh, he's at the table at the very end when they're all planning how to rebuild the city. He's uh, thought I lords. recognized yeah, him. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, Tyrion lived up to his promise then, I guess. Yep, he sure did. And apparently, Bronn is literally only only in the scene because he's a big fan favorite, and people wanted to see him. Huh. So <laughs> allegedly, so I've heard. Yeah, a very very delightful cunt. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> My nickname for him was David Cross. Because he mentioned he was a bit mad, a bit cross. He had a crossbow, crossbow. and he was doing like a cross examine. So yeah, yeah, he was David Cross. To David me. Cripple, Triple Cross. Yeah, crisscross, yeah. crisscross, crisscross. What was that from? That um, was a bad that Simpsons, was ba- wasn't it? Yeah, well, it was an okay segment in a Halloween. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, the yeah, yeah. Alfred Hitchcock presents. Yeah. Yeah, that scene as well ended with a very, uh, from Tyrion to Janie, a very that-went-well look as well. <laughs> I was expecting the, uh, the laugh track to kick in there too. Yep. Um, Any other notes? At the eulogy at the start, Jon Snow was like, we shall never see that like again. I will. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jan, Dan Brady always looks her Sunday best. Man, uh, again, costume designers in the show kick ass. And, yeah. Uh, it's just, does she ever get dirty? Like- well, that's my question, because, I mean, in this episode... Theoretically, Missandri is the one who's dressing her and braiding her hair. Who does it from the future on, though? So it must have been the same person. It means one of the members of her army is doing all this. <laughs> it's just a master braider and, like, stylist. <laughs> My queen's hair is particularly blonde tonight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and who's doing her peroxide as well? Like, <laughs> yeah. um, I, think I think it's just meant to be Targaryen blood, and that's just what the hair looks like. But she doesn't even get, like, bugs on her face from flying around on the dragons That or would anything. be really funny. She's flying up. Yeah, so that's going to be a point of annoyance for me going forward. Uh, there's two things I've learnt from this uh, uh, episode. Cox equal important. Yep. And vomit equals celebrating. <laughs> yeah, that was, again, more great torment lines. Yeah. Uh, this episode felt uh, uh, was filled with a lot more jovial swearing than the last couple of episodes as well. Yeah, well, the other ones were all serious, and this is all, ha ha, cock, cock, cunt. <laughs> <laughs> cock, cock, vomiting, cock, cunt, oh, yeah. fuck. That was the other bit of uh, foreshadow that, you know, Torment Giant Spain is like, oh, we're going back up to the north. I wish you could come with me, Jon Snow. And then later on he does, like, ah, uh, right. Yeah. Um, I missed that as well. Uh, so when Jamie and, uh, I want to get her name right at least, not just calling her Tilda Swanson all the time. <laughs> Why? It's funny. Yeah, true. Uh, when she goes, uh, when I leave a room, I put more wood on the fire and uh, just wrote, yeah, he's going to put more wood on her in a minute. Ayo. And so, yeah, uh, the Game of Thrones version, oh, it's bloody hot in here, is his version of, oh, now my pants are chafing me. <laughs> So I think I'm getting... I didn't realise all the Starks family that are related. So Jean yep. Grey's a Stark. Bran's yep. a Stark. Yep. I knew that one. Jon Snow is a Stark? Sort of. Half Stark. You do find out a little bit more of his origins in this one. Right. Arya's a Stark. Yep. So uh, Dan Brady yep. is Jon Snow's aunt? Yes. Ah. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so... I As guess... revealed in this episode, that's why I'm telling you. <laughs> right. So, all right, theory, she fucked this Ned Stark that I've heard about, and he's <laughs> Jon Snow's dad, I guess. That's not her aunt's work. Oh, right. <laughs> no, I mean, there's just so much incest in this show, it's just hard there's to tell lot. what's going on, you know? Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, yeah, and then when Barney Rubble, Tyrion Lannister's asking, yeah, Jamie. What's her puss like, you know? <laughs> I wrote down Barney Broble. <laughs> That's interesting, because when he was uh, talking about Jon Snow's true heritage, I wrote him down as Barney Blabble. Ah. <laughs> and in that scene, I was going to write him down as Brony B- Rubble, but that's a different thing. That's it. Yeah, it's a different thing. <laughs> yeah. All right, final question. How do we get here? A war. <laughs> like, I think there's another war coming. Like, they're just... There was such desolation at the start of this episode that, yeah, the next episode is just going to be a battle. That's how it happens. (laughs) Well, we'll find out when we go back in time once more. Until then, now our watch has ended.